0: Welcome back to the 411 On Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, uh, back here on the podcast. Uh we took a little bit of a break last week uh, doing some writing stuff and uh, all of that, which we'll discuss a little bit later on. But I uh, have a lot going on, of course, in wrestling right now. And uh, let's talk specifically uh, on this episode about the AW uh, World Title Eliminator Tournament, which uh, the bracket for that was revealed on Saturday night. uh, Dynamite, which, uh, as we know, will be a theme here over a couple weeks. Uh, But the bracket was finally revealed. uh, The eight participants that will uh, go at it in this tournament to crown um, a number one contender for the AEW World Championship. And uh, if we go through the bracket, and then we'll break down each of the matchups and uh, make a few picks, How this could unfold uh, in the top left part of the bracket. It'll be ten from the Dark Order, Preston Vance, going one-on-one with John Moxley, and then you go to the bottom of that, Orange Cassidy taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Dustin Rhodes on the other side of the bracket goes one-on-one with Brian Danielson, and then it will be uh, quite a quite an interesting first-round matchup. Probably the most, uh, at least for me, the most intriguing uh, first-round uh, you know match here, which is going to be Lance Archer against Eddie Kingston. Um, you know, I think the, the world title eliminated tournament was has always been pretty fascinating. I think if you go back to last year, we know from the very beginning, at least, you know, when I did my, my predictions and all that last year for this tournament, it seemed too obvious that it was going to be uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. But I think as I said at the time, sometimes that's okay uh, if it is kind of obvious where things are going to head with this, and I think in this scenario, and yes, uh, there is a little bit of a potential spoiler that came out uh, when we all dissected uh, Tony Khan's notebook, and uh, the beauty of the internet is that uh, I guess you can really find anything and see anything uh, in any photo that you want to, and uh, being able to zoom in uh, in the photo, which uh, a lot of people were like, wait a second, uh, why is uh, potentially Brian Danielson going to face John Moxley at full gear. And is this real? Could this actually be a thing? Well, now that the tournament bracket has come out, uh, you can put two and two together and wonder if that is actually going to be uh, the match in terms of the finals here. But I think, again, when you you look back at, at last year with Omega and Paige, it just made too much sense. And now, you know, you fast forward a year and <laughs> the world title eliminator final is going to be your AEW World Championship match uh, here at this year's edition of full gear so there's a lot of things you could do with this tournament and i think they've made it you know pretty special last year's was was special in terms of knowing you were going to get that match probably even if it was very predictable in a lot of sense um you know could it be the same case this year where if you just look at how the brackets made up it seems like the only scenario is going to be that danielson versus moxley final uh but could that you know change based on you know that potential spoiler that got out there? Uh, could that result in some changes? I don't necessarily think so. i mean we we look at each of these matches individually. I think some of the people have talked about you know just the makeup of this tournament and you know different people that are here or there. but I think when you look at the ranking system, you kind of understand that this is what they try to do like they try to do this uh by rankings and try to figure out you know, how do we put these people in this slot in this tournament? And I think when you look at Preston Vance, 10 from the Dark Order, I mean, he's won a lot of matches this year. And as someone who covers, you know, AW Dark for the site, and uh, he's had a lot of singles matches. And, you know, he was winning pretty much all of those. And so he has racked up a lot of wins. And so I think this is something else about this tournament is when you have a tournament like this, you want to be able to put in some people that can perhaps, you know, have a little bit of shine, you want to give them a little bit of a spotlight and maybe give them that opportunity that you know on your weekly three hours of television, you just don't have a whole lot of spots to put them in, which I think you know the dark order has been up and down in terms of where they've been slotted and all that, but just in terms of a a pressed advance singles match, you're not getting that a whole lot on dynamite or rampage so I think it's, it's fine, you know, to have this set up because it does give him an opportunity to go up against Moxley and, you know, probably gonna be a pretty hard hitting match with those two and what they could, you know, kind of display there. So that's a, it's a fun first round match. I mean, clearly I'm going to pick Moxley here uh, because I, I just think that, again, we, we probably know where things are headed with the final, but the path to get there and what actually happens once you get there, I think that's the most interesting aspect of this tournament. Down to Orange Cassidy and Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, I will say there is spoilers out there already for uh, this week's Rampage, which that match is going to take place. You know, I think it's, without spoiling it, I mean, I think it's an, it's interesting because I, I don't know that you can go wrong either way here. Uh, we know, you know, for AEW, what the, you know, kind of stock they put, Tony Khan, the stock he's put in Orange Cassidy over the years now, and, you know, we kind of understand that He's always going to have a chance to be put in in one of these prominent spots, just based on still a very overact. I mean, he's just still someone that you know you're going to get a reaction from from the crowd, and I think it's just a you know such a different dynamic, isn't it, with Cassidy, uh, and and looking at powerhouse Hobbs here. And I think they've had a match before. I'm trying to remember going back to maybe AW Dark at some point. Um, I probably need to look that up, but I think I remember them having a match uh, on AW Dark at one point or another. Um, and certainly it was Orange winning that match. But I think Hobbs is just such a a fascinating figure at this point because, you know, he's been put in some of these spots, whether it's the match against CM Punk, uh, whether it's others. I mean, just being placed in Team Taz, that's obviously given him a much bigger platform than it would have been, you know, before when he was just sort of a singles uh, wrestler that you knew had a lot of potential. Uh, We could see it right away that this was someone that was going to, you know, be a, a big player in AEW at some point down the line. And now, you know, he does have this bigger stage now where he's having matches against Punk. Now he's got this match against Orange Cassidy. Uh, I'm just curious maybe what they, what the next move is for Hobbs. And does he just continue to sort of just settle maybe into that role of being, you know, right there with Ricky Starks? And we know Hook, who has become uh, a, an internet legend at this point. Uh, but I just, I'm curious kind of what maybe the next move is for Hobbs in terms of uh, what, how do they use him... Um, you know, but, but there's nothing, you know, the team task thing works, right? And it's, it's worked very well. And so there's right now, you know, there's no reason to, I'm not saying to to take powerhouse Hobbs out of team Taz or anything, but I do think there's still a ton of potential there. And, um, you know, he's just, he's really good. And I think just, you know, playing him up as a heel has really worked very well with his mannerisms and facial expressions and all that. So again, we, if you check the spoilers, which we do have them on the website for one uh, a winner has already been decided in this match, so I won't pick it to therefore, um, you know, not give anything away. But I, I don't think I would have been, had a problem either way with this one. Um, even if, you know, maybe I, I lean more towards the Hobbs aspect just because I think it maybe offers a, an interesting dynamic in that second round match against Moxley. But, you know, Moxley versus Orange, uh, that's another one that's a very different sort of match that, you know, you don't get every single day in AEW, so that is also another uh, dynamic that could be very interesting on that uh to the other side of the bracket uh danielson versus rhodes i mean again you you know that brian danielson is going to win this match <laughs> i don't think dustin rhodes is beating brian danielson in the first round of this eliminator tournament uh but i mean you know it is another one where it's like all right well you get brian danielson versus dustin rhodes two guys who you know certainly are have been very good throughout their career in the ring and I'm sure they'll have a chance to to put on a, a pretty fun match, and and it'll be very entertaining. And even if you already know that the winner is going to be Danielson, like it's just that it's how they get there. And I think that's what you kind of have to look at this as. Um, you know, it's just sure could could the bracket been done a little bit differently in terms of maybe adding a little bit more unpredictability to this? Of course, it could have. But I think at the end of the day, um, remember, it's for me, it's like well. You know you want to get from point A to point B, and even if, you know, you know how you're going to get there, I think it's once you actually get to point B, what happens then? And I think maybe that's the biggest draw with this tournament right now, because for this one, I mean, everyone's going to be picking Danielson to win. We know after the match with Omega, he already has, you know, a claim to not losing to Omega. Now, of course, is Kenny Omega actually going to be the champion after full gear? I don't think so. Um, I suppose they could do something uh, different there, but I think now the time to, you know, certainly um, make that switch to Hangman. Just he is just wildly over. We see that uh, since he's returned, even before you just saw it building and building and building. Um, I, I think there's very little doubt that you have to make that switch now and put the title on Hangman. But again, that's where when you get to point B, you know, that could offer a lot of different dynamics in terms of who wins this tournament. Uh, because that, you know, what's that first few look like for Hangman? And I think there's a lot in play there that you can work with. But uh, Danielson is going to beat Dustin Rhodes. I feel pretty confident in saying that. Uh, and he will advance to the semifinals there. Now, back to the one we said a minute ago I think is the most fascinating. That's Archer versus Kingston. You know, Lance Archer is someone that I, I have seen a lot of, you know, people, probably myself included at times, you want to see more from Lance Archer, and that's not saying that it's just Lance Archer. It's you want to see, I think, more from him in AEW. You want to maybe see him used in different ways. You know, he ha- he has had a lot of these squash matches, whether it's on Dark, Dark Elevation, whatever, um, you know, and it even spots on on Dynamite, of course. But I just think that, you know, there was a time where you kind of looked at Archer and said, all right, like, he is next world champion type guy. Like, he is just such a... Has such a different presentation. His entrance, I keep saying, is one of the best of the business right now. Just him coming in and just destroying people during his entrance and everything. It's just, it's so fun. But, I mean, he he just hasn't yet, I mean, he's main event, we know. Like the matches with Moxley, we know all of that. Um, he's been put in some of these featured spots. And, and we know, we've talked about the challenges that come with AEW and the roster. And, you know, having those three hours of just television time with two hours of Dynamite. One hour of rampage, um, you know, you've got your YouTube shows with Dark and Dark Elevation, but those three hours of primetime TV, like those are those are your big hours. Like those are the ones that you want to try to fit so much into. And as we've seen, that's that's been an issue at times because um, they haven't been able to always fit everything in they want to fit in. Uh, and maybe that does lead to eventually, you know, Rampage moving times or something going to more than just an hour. I don't know what that looks like, but. I think Archer is one of those examples you point to and say in a perfect scenario you want to see more from Lance Archer I think because he is such sort of a different character um he he offers a different you know sort of feel to things and that's why I think this match with Kingston is so fun because really I could see this one going either way uh you know Brian Danielson versus Lance Archer sign me up Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston sign me up um I think there's a there's an interesting dynamic here, because if we assume, and we, we predict, let's say we predict it's going to be Danielson versus Moxley in the final, I think there's certainly something you could do with Danielson versus Kingston in one semifinal to maybe add another element to that final match, where it's like, all right, you know, Moxley and Kingston are buds, what does Danielson, like, what kind of dynamic could you put in play in that semifinal between Danielson and Kingston? that could maybe lead to something, you know, adding an additional layer of the story to the final between Danielson and Moxley. So I think there's a very appealing aspect to that. Um, but I also think that, again, Bryan Danielson versus Lance Archer, I'm all for that. Like, I think that's such a different match. It's, you know, different styles. And I think that's what you're going to see here with Danielson. And you know, we talked about it kind of in the matches he's had thus far. Like there's a lot of different styles here to work with in this tournament, in and of itself. Um, And Danielson, you know, should he get to the final, like he's going to go through a lot of different ones here, uh, just based on the the opponents that he's going to face. So, I this was a hard one to pick for me because I I don't it's tough to call. I, I think that given what could happen in the final between Danielson and Moxley, and we'll talk about that in a second. I think Kingston is is an interesting choice here because there is something that could play into that. But I also think that I don't necessarily want to see Lance Archer lose at this point either, and I don't know that you know Eddie Kingston losing um, is good either. But I think in this scenario, like I wouldn't mind seeing Archer get a big win here because I think it is something that they could uh, certainly do and work with to kind of push forward. Because that that Danielson Archer match would be uh, a a change of pace for sure. Um, but uh, this is this is a tough call on this one. I will go Kingston, although I don't know that that's gonna happen. I don't know that it's necessarily the right decision, but uh, because and I'm saying that because of Lance Archer. Like I, I, I don't know that Archer losing this match would be great for him. Uh, but but we say this too. Like you can always, there's always interference. There's always different things you can do to kind of justify some of these losses, even though you know in AW for the most part we're used to seeing just you know good matches and you know not necessarily always having the shenanigans. With the finish, although we have seen that at times, um, you know, we're not saying that they don't do that at all. But um, I think I, I think I'm most interested in seeing maybe Danielson versus Kingston because I think there is an element in play there that you could use going into the final. And let's just talk about that because obviously I'm going to pick Moxley to beat, whether it's Cassidy, Hobbs, um, wink, wink. You already know who it is if you've read the spoilers. Um, and put Moxley in there, and we're going to put Danielson in the final, and that's where I think, you know, this is the hardest part to predict, because let's say Hangman does win the championship, then you, you can pretty much, it's a toss-up, like, which direction do you want to go, um, and even if Omega wins, I think that that, in and of itself, is like, all right, I don't necessarily think they're going to go back to, to Omega and Moxley, but I do think there's obviously a a built-in reason for them to go back to Omega and Danielson for the championship. Um, so I think that is that is another factor that's going to come into this, but I've seen a lot of people throw around the idea that if you get to Danielson and Moxley, there is an opportunity there for a potential like John moxley heel turn, something like that um and and that's where I think you know that's where things really start to get interesting for me uh if that is perhaps the direction you go in because you know I think with moxley. When you kind of think of his style and just everything that comes along with the character, like, there are already, I think, some of those heel tendencies to him. But I do think that it's, it's something where it's, you know, it's something you could possibly explore there and play it up a different way. Um, but I still think that there's, there's, again, if we go back and say we get Danielson and Kingston... If that is a scenario you run with, and let's say there is something where you start to, you know, add much more of an edge to Moxley, or maybe it is like a full-blown heel turn, something like that, that's where I think, you know, that semifinal match with Danielson and Kingston, there's something you could play into that with, uh, and I don't know exactly what that is because again, this is this is that layer of unpredictability that is in this tournament. Even if you think that we already kind of know who could probably get to the finals, there is kind of that. That match between Archer and Kingston, I think, is going to determine a lot of things that could play out here. You know, is Danielson the right person to feud right away with Hangman Page? Because you have Page built up as this top top babyface, and then you've got Danielson who comes in to the company as the top top babyface. You know, aside from Punk, who's also made you know his his entrance there at AEW. That's that can be a challenging thing, I think, to pull off because you're gonna you're gonna take some of that buzz away from one or the other. Uh, and you don't, you know, if I'm a fan, I don't want to root against either Page or Danielson. So maybe that's not the direction you're going. But if you do a hangman Page versus, you know, maybe a, a starting, an evolved character of John Moxley, maybe there's something to that. And maybe that offers you an opportunity to do something a little bit different. So um, it's it's a tough call here. I, I don't think it's as simple as saying Brian Danielson is going to win this tournament. I think there's a lot more to it. And even if the first round matches to some seem a little underwhelming uh, from a predictability standpoint, I think there's going to be some good matches. And I think that once you get to the semifinals, there are some of those, you know, um, storyline elements you can really start to build in, even if they, they play out in the first round too. There's some of those elements you can start to build in that could really impact what you're going to see once you get to the finals. Uh, now, now, look, could they go complete curveball and maybe it's Danielson versus... Cassidy or something like I, I'm I, sure that's a possibility, but I don't see that happening. Uh, I think the the best play here is to do Danielson versus Moxley because I think there's a whole lot more you can work with, um, you know, in terms of offering that that first big challenge to Hangman. And what does it mean for Danielson if he loses? What does it mean for Moxley if he loses, um, or vice versa? You know, it's like what does it mean for Moxley if he wins? Like, is there sort of a character change there? Uh, for Danielson, you know, what does that mean in a feud with or a match with Hangman Page? Like, I think there's, there's a lot you can do with that. So I will give AEW credit for that because even if, again, predictability, which uh, to me is not a huge deal because, you know, you, you know the matches you want to see. You know the matches the fans want to see. And, you know, it probably is some sort of combination of Danielson and Moxley just with the bracket playing out the way it has. You know, hey, you could always do Kingston versus Moxley, too. I mean, I assume that's a possibility as well. Um, I don't think they'll do Archer versus Moxley or anything like that, but it just seems like a safe bet that Danielson's going to get to the finals. Uh, if he didn't, in some you know alternate scenario, Moxley versus Kingston, people would sign up for that. But I think you'd really have to, you know, do something a little bit different uh, with that potential Kingston-Danielson semifinal. But it does seem like everything pointing towards Danielson and Moxley. Um, I I'm fine with that because I think it's it's not just okay. We know that's probably the match we're getting. It's what do they do when they get to that match? And then what does that mean for the champion, whether that is Omega, whether that is Paige, coming out of full gear? Um, so I, I think there's, there's some value there in that uh, with, with this particular tournament. So um, there are some thoughts on the World Title Eliminator Tournament. And uh, again, it'll all start to play out uh, on Rampage, Dynamite, and all that moving forward as we head towards uh, full gear on November the 13th in Minneapolis. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think uh, over on the site for mania.com. Uh, we've got the bracket posted over there. Uh, we'll put the link to that as well in the show notes. So uh, you can see the full bracket and you can see all of our um, great uh, users and, and everybody commenting on this. Uh, there's a lot of comments and a lot of predictions on what could play out here. So uh, be sure to join the fun and see uh, kind of what it, you know, what you think, like, what do you, what do you look at and see? Uh, how you see this thing playing out? Like, do you think it's going to be something that is as simple as Danielson versus Moxley? If you do, you know, what do you think about how it could play out? Um, maybe where they go from there? I think there are some interesting questions you can certainly ask about this tournament just based on, you know, the, the characters involved and the potential storyline directions. Uh, that they could go in coming out of this tournament. So uh, be sure to check that out at 4 mania.com. We'll be back uh, with another episode of the podcast here uh, coming up to preview uh, WWE Crown Jewel, which uh, will take place on Thursday. Uh, that will be certainly an early start um, during the day. So we will uh, preview that uh, in another episode of the podcast this week. Uh, so we'll have that coming up, talk a little bit about maybe what we can expect from that show and uh, everything else. Uh, of course, 4 maniacom Check out all our news um, columns, reviews, everything. I've got several new columns up over there. Uh, did some columns on Adam Cole, kind of looking at his decision to make the move from WWE to AEW and how it's played out thus far. Uh, we did some thoughts on <laughs> the WWE Queens crown tournament and the, uh, the time involved in that tournament or the lack thereof when it comes to the uh, total match time and maybe what that has meant for the state of WWE's women's division. Uh, Also have a new column up. uh, Our wrestling with kayfabe, which is a fun one to do. It's going to be a weekly column looking back at an old uh, magazine from wrestling's past, and we've done a couple of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So if you're a big fan of the PWI uh, back in the day, uh, I've got uh, a couple new columns up on that here over the past uh, week here, looking at uh, just a lot of fun stuff from back in the day to give you sort of a different view on what was going on in wrestling from a kayfabe standpoint. Uh, Pretty fun to look back at those and I know some of you guys have, have had some great uh you know feedback to that and really enjoy it so it's a good trip down memory lane so check those out uh, I'll put one of those in the links of the show notes as well so check out all of our stuff over there be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you use search for one on wrestling and at, as always uh, we will have the link to the GoFundMe for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes be sure to continue to share and contribute to that if you can and uh, everything else for mania.com but uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on wrestling podcast